Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Rob, how's it going? Good. I'm uh, I'm getting ready mentally now for the Man United tour, which we will be doing our show from in Las Vegas. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, I'm sure, in the next few episodes. And it's quite exciting, I think, that now. I think it's a, it's a good opportunity, isn't it, to go out there and... We'll see Man United versus Dortmund. I don't know, Scott, how are you feeling about it? It's It'll come around quickly. I mean, I've got a few things to take care of before I go, so I'll probably start looking forward to it the week of. Unless we're less than two weeks away from when we're going to travel out there. July 28th, United Con in Las Vegas. And uh, as Rob mentions, we'll be at the Borussia Dortmund game that United are playing in. Probably with Andre Onana in the first team, in the goals, sweeping up with a high line in front of him, like Tom Heaton did a couple of days ago in the friendly against Leeds. Visit united-con.com to book your place if you would also like to join us as well. And uh, yeah, Rob, not too far away, is it? But we have a show today to bring you, and it's not going to be all about Vegas We'll be doing some of that next week, I would think. But today, we're going to get that old name back on the agenda, Harry Kane. But yes, uh, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, and leave a comment for us as well. And follow us on Twitter at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show, and double underscore Scott Saunders for me on all the other social networks. And I'm still campaigning to get Rob to start a TikTok account. Maybe you will, Rob. Vegas, the launch pad. Maybe we'll see. Maybe. Like, it's just what the industry dictates, isn't it? So I might do it begrudgingly. Maybe I'll do a TikTok where it's just me going, oh, God, I'm on TikTok and seeing yeah. if that pops. <laughs> totally. Yes, uh, that's what we'll be doing today. Harry Kane. I mean, we haven't done it for a few weeks, Rob. I think everybody who knows or has listened to the show for any amount of time knows that we've been talking about Harry Kane to Manchester United for since January, definitely since January. Yeah. Uh, we're now mid-July. No movement yet, but Bayern Munich seem to be making all the strides to try and get an indication from Spurs that they'll sell him. Uh and I don't think, and I know you agree with this, Rob, that United are just quietly in the background and they're not out of the race yet. I think you can ask anyone at United. They would like Harry Kane. Is this a case of Bayern or United watching Bayern do the legwork for them? And then if they manage to succeed in getting a price out of, out of Tottenham, we'll just, we'll nip in there. We'll keep our powder dry and you never know. Short answer to that, Scott, is yes. So... Again, we did do a bit of Harry Kane going back over time, didn't we? But it was quite a while ago now. And we did get people going, oh, you're doing too much Harry Kane. Like, oh, my God. It was when we were talking about the striker situation. What do Man United need? And I think it's all unraveled in a re relatively natural way, both in our information that we know around the player, around Spurs, around Bayern Munich as well, but also, of course, around Manchester United. So where do we stand, Scott, with this? Well, the title of this show, I think it's going to be called it's now or never, because this is where Man United are in this situation, is that, yeah, Bayern Munich are doing the legwork. Bayern Munich are testing all the water here, 
They're the ones saying, right, we want to talk to you, Spurs. And that was a big one, wasn't it? Because Spurs went, let's chat. Loads of people in the last few weeks going, oh, no, Spurs won't chat to anyone. Well, they were in London together with the Bayern party talking about a prize for Harry Kane. So there is an indication there that Spurs will sell. What else do we know? Well, Spurs don't want to sell to an English club, which hurts Man United, doesn't it? Which means straight away, Scott, the Man United taxation system comes into effect. You are going to have to pay more than Bayern Munich if you want Harry Kane. But then, Scott, it comes down to the player. Is he going to sit at Spurs for 12 months and then earn a really big wage at the end of that? Or is there a club that can offer him a big wage now, that can offer a big fee and get him out of that football club and get him into a new project ASAP with something that he might be interested in doing. So I think he's interested in Bayern Munich, of course, but Bayern are notorious hagglers, do not like to pay top dollar. They just don't. It's just not what they do. Man United do pay top dollar, don't they? And Manchester United absolutely still need a striker. They're trying to get Rasmus Hoyland, uh, but this one's dragging a bit. I mean... It depends what you read, really, or what you hear. Atalanta are holding out mm. for lots of money. And when you see figures floated around 80 million euros for a, a guy who scored nine goals for Atalanta in Serie A last season, you think, why not just go the extra mile? If, you, if you're not getting... I know United want to do a deal around there at 50-odd million, if they can. Maybe they will. I don't know. But, you know, if you're getting quoted prices like that, for somebody, yeah, he's young and got potential, but he's not going to be the finished article anytime soon. United need a bona fide number nine. I think everybody can agree with that. And as much as having a Highland would benefit the team, it's not going to ensure United get in the title mix next season. I think Harry Kane does, but I think United are being very careful <laughs> with the uh, the messaging around this. But, you know... It's all quiet. Harry Kane doesn't want to rock the boat too much, but I think it's quietly been made clear that, you know, if you accept a bid for me, I'll go. And I think there's a lot of places that he would go. I put Real Madrid in that as well. I think he would go to Bayern if they strike a deal. And I think United are, United are in that mix too still. Yeah, I think the bigger picture here is that both him and his camp are very, very careful here that they don't want to be seen as the big bad wolf in this, that here is this guy who is one of our own at Tottenham Hotspur, and he wants to go to Manchester United. It's not a good look. You've only got to kind of look at Robin Van Persie's time after leaving Arsenal, where that was really down to Arsenal being notoriously bad at that point in terms of behind the scenes. And Robin Van Persie went, well, I'm not staying here. I'm off. Oh, I'm going to Man United. And when all that unraveled, it was a big denial from Arsenal fans for months and months about Robin Van Persie wanting to play for Man United. And on day one, when he joined us, he sat there and went, the little boy inside of me has been dying for this. So I think when you look at Harry Kane, I don't think he's dying to play for Man United, but he's looking at his options and he knows that, as it stands, that a team like Man City are off the table. That's not there for him. Liverpool are not going to spend that kind of money on a striker this year. Certainly not. I think that kind of leaves you with a kind of limited palette to work with as a, as a footballer. So I still think it's most likely that he'll stay at Spurs for 12 months and leave. But as I've said on the show, Scott, and I've said to you privately, there's a growing feeling that Tottenham don't want that. Tottenham are not going to let their biggest asset walk for free in 12 months. If he says, I'm not signing a deal with you, I've got absolutely no intention of doing that. Goodbye, Harry. He's he's off. And then you're off to the races, Scott, in terms of the bids. Because 
I think 100 million pounds does it, not 100 million euros, 100 million pounds gets you the player. And I think the first team to bid that as the transfer window unravels are the team that will score him. Now, if Man United don't go in for that and are not interested in that, you've got to first of all say, why? You need a striker. You really going to pay 70 million for Hoyland, who hasn't got the pedigree of a, of a Kane? Or do you go get Kane and that's you done for two to three or four years? He's your leader. You're about to potentially lose your captain in Harry Maguire at some point. You know, is it going to be a new captain at the football club this season or next? Harry Kane is a leader. All of this just makes perfect sense. But it comes down to, Scott, whether Man United really kind of want to execute this type of deal because it would be massive, but they've got history for this. This is the kind of deal they do like to do because then the Glazers go, look, you lot said this about us and we just bought this shiny, exciting new toy for Man United, even though it's you that paid for it, not us. So... I think that this deal is on. I think it's been there for a long time. Man United have been speaking to Spurs for weeks and months and to, to, to stay on top of it. I'm not sure Bayern Munich go above what, what we've seen quoted already. I mean, yeah. I think Bayern's record signing was Lucas Hernandez and I think they've just sold him. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not big money, you know. They um, don't like it. They don't like putting that capital into individual players because they don't need to Scott because they'll just win the Bundesliga anyway. Like they, they don't need to buy Harry Kane to win the Bundesliga. They need Harry Kane to win the Champions League. So that's the difference, I think, is that you can maintain success. It's a little bit like Celtic, I think, in Scotland. Like you can buy so much, but how much do you really want to buy to go to another level? Well, you don't have to, do you? Whereas I think with Bayern Munich, if they can get Kane for 80, they'll be more than happy to do that. But he break, breaks their wage structure. It's not a, yeah, it's not a good fit. Totally. He, he might actually not be a hit with the Bayern fans. The Bayern fans might look at him and go, well, you're not Lewandowski. You're a different type of player. We want a proper nine doing proper nine things, even though Harry Kane, of course, can do that. But I think it goes to Man United. You know, the, the club is primed to have a new superstar, isn't it? You know, you, you've got Mason Mount with the seven on his back. But he's not the superstar of the team. He's going to be an important part. You're still looking for that superstar. Man United are one of those teams that crave that kind of face to run the football club from the front of the football pitch. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, you're living in a dreamland a little bit. Harry Kane's travelling to Australia on the Spurs yeah. preseason tour. That That is happening. <clears throat> uh, Australia, Thailand, Singapore. I, I, to me, though, United, United were either going to do this deal at the very beginning of the window or at the very end of the window. And mm -hmm. I, there's six weeks left of the transfer window yet. And obviously, you look at how United are trying to haggle with the, the FFP line that's coming out and United don't actually have that much money. They're being really uh, pernickety about spending an extra few million on Mason Mount. The holdup on Onan has been because of a few million quid. Yep. This kind of thing. They're being sensible, but at the same time, they're being careful and they know that they do have... I think once Onana gets confirmed, I think you'll start to see a few players leave. Uh, yes. You know, I think Fred was left out of the match they squad the other day yeah. uh, for the Leeds friendly. And his interest from Saudi Arabian clubs, uh, they're in the mix for him. Fulham, Fulham like him as well. Donny van der Beek's looking for a new challenge. Maybe they could get a few million back there. Anthony Langer this week in talks with Everton, Nottingham Forest won him. And the figures quoted there, you know, 
pretty decent, actually, a lot more decent than what the conversation that we had on uh, on the show recently, Rob, about valuations for players that are yep. pretty acceptable. Dean Henderson, once Onana joins, Dean Henderson leaves for twenty million. So then you start to recoup all that, and then you think, can we get Harry Maguire out? It, it's it's going to be difficult, but at the same time. United need a goalkeeper. They need a striker, obviously, and they've already signed Mason Mount. They can probably, I think, a goalkeeper though is more integral to to getting in the team now mm-hmm. than a striker is, because I think you can you can plaster over that striker position with the players that they've got. Uh, don't want to do that all season. Don't get me wrong, but I think in terms of the style of the team, a goalkeeper like Onana is more important to embed pretty quickly than a striker would be. So I think, yeah, I mean. Harry Kane ain't going to push for this, I don't think, too hard. But he's open to it. It's pretty clear that he's open to a move. I think he would take it. It's just who's going to put the money up. It is. It's a, It's always about the money, isn't it? But I think it's also about, as you said here, the situation. You know, we, we've preached before about the kind of law and order of Manchester United and what Ten Hag really wants and, and the order he wants it in. And we know that because of the David De Gea situation, the Inanna situation elevated and escalated very quickly. And we felt that, you know, from our Serie A con- uh, contacts as well, looking at um, within to Milan, is that Man United made that approach. And as soon as there was a deal potentially on the table, Man United were like, yeah, we want to do this. And that was the end of David De Gea. Like, really was. Like, you know, they were like, yeah, he can stay, David, for like 10 pence a week and sit on our bench. David De Gea was never going to do that. Of course not. So I think when you look at the striker situation, they they approached Tottenham really early on before the transfer window opened. And they, they tested the water to see what Spurs wanted. And of course, Spurs said to Man United, no chance. And then five days later, Spurs put it out publicly that there was a price. It's just that they don't want to kind of talk about it at that point in the season. Spurs were still looking, weren't they, for Champions League football at that point. So things change as time goes on. And I think with Man United, they've done the same. They've tested the water in terms of strikers. And they're seeing that if you're going to go and buy potential, Scott, still going to cost you a lot of money. Really is. Like the fee for a young player at 2021-22, it's not like... Go and pick up Sesco for 20 million, maybe a year ago or something like that. It's not there now. That is not on the table. If you want your Hoyland, you're gambling. It's a big gamble. We're going to Las Vegas, you know, the capital gambling. Man United will be there. It'll be ironic if United gamble while we're there on a new player, isn't it? But I think when you look at the striker situation, there's not a lot on the table. And I think United are pivoting back now. I think United are looking at this and saying, right, we get an honor done. We can't move Maguire. We're, we're not buying Kim. So that's 50 million straight back in our pocket. We're not paying extra wages because Maguire's money's already uh, in our accounts and in our books. So what are we going to do? They're going to buy a striker, some kind of striker. But when you look across the board, Scott, it kind of stinks. There's not a lot there for United. It's slim pickings. I think that the only striker really of, of decent value is Dusan Vlajevic. And he had a terrible, he didn't have a great season last yeah. season. And I think United have cooled on him. Uh, there, there was some interest there previously. But you look at Colo Muani, you look yeah. at Hoyland, you look at Gonzalo Ramos, all 80 million euros. And you're like, yeah. 80 million euros with that. At least Dusan Vlajevic at 70, 80 million euros has pedigree of scoring a lot of goals in a good league. You know, exactly. I know Colo well, Muani Ramos- had a good good season last year but well, Ramos was the latest one Man United went knocking for and it's 80 million quoted so United straight away went we don't even know if we want to sit down and talk about this because like we don't want to get close to that for this player there will be someone in Europe probably who will 
bid that kind of money or close to it. Man United don't want to get in bidding wars. But I think, as we said at the top of the show, this is why they're letting Bayern Munich do the legwork because the, it, the scenario is like this. You have a stage at Spurs and you wait 12 months and maybe you're in the Harry Kane stakes in a year, maybe, you know, but as we both agree, you're further down the pecking order if he's a free agent. This situation now with Bayern Munich, he would go to Bayern Munich. But I don't think that's his first choice. I think he would like to be in the Premier League, win the Premier League, be the Premier League top scorer of all time. And I think he wants to be the figurehead of a club. And that's more likely at Manchester United than it is at Bayern Munich. Like, you've only got to look at what's happened to Sadio Mane going from Liverpool, where he is, say, second in command after Salah there, and he's moved to Bayern Munich. And he's still a good player, but... He's cooked, isn't he? Like, you know, Bayern Munich don't like him. The fans don't want him there. The, 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 the board don't really like him. If they got a bid for him, they would move him on. I think Harry Kane might look at that and go, yeah, I'm not, not into that. That's not really what I want. But Man United can offer so many wares and kind of, like, not just silverware, Scott, but it's that whole allure of what the club brings. And if he's the figurehead, and he's the guy and he's the number nine, there's so much value to that for a brand of a footballer, but also in terms on the football pitch. Harry Kane would be sensational, I think, with with Mason Mount behind him and with Bruno Fernandes and Rashford wide. There's a lot of upside there, but United have to come up with the readies. People keep saying United haven't got the money. Man United have got money to do transfers, Scott. They're just being careful. And it's, it's the right thing to do. That's why they're not saying to Atalanta, yeah, let's start the bidding <laughs> at 70 million no, because they don't want to pay anything like that for a young kid or someone who's, you know, early 20s. Um, Harry Kane, uh, completely opposite, isn't it? You're, is a world-class striker. And it, I think he's probably the only world-class striker on the market as it stands. Yeah, I mean, totally. Like Lewandowski, how many are there? You know, he, but he's like mid-30s now. He's joined Barcelona last year. Karim Benzema has gone to Saudi Arabia. You know, these top level names, whether you want to put Harry Kane in that mix or not, some people say no. I personally think he's as good as anyone. Uh, but, you know, th- there's no other no other real options that can give you the kind of guarantee of goals that Harry Kane can, who's on the market. And, you know, I think United are keeping their powder dry. And I, I quite actually, I know people are moaning about taking ages on deals and this kind of thing. I think United are acting with more care in the transfer window this year mm. and more they're, they're inching towards having a successful transfer window rather than having a successful transfer window. But the way that they're behaving, I think it's a little bit different from the last few years. There's no such thing as winning the transfer window. This has become a social media phenomenon where you get superstar journalists going you know a catchphrase and here you go and we're we've bought a new player and great and fans get excited by that that's that that's all very well and good i can kind of get my teeth back in my mouth but it's more kind of i think when you look at this from man united is that they want to win now they want to win in the future but what have you got to do to do those things how do you achieve that you don't achieve that by doing a kind of angle di maria transfer you don't. You don't do that by creeping and finding your Radamel Falcao who's suddenly on the market in the final moments. You know, Man United might do that as a striker. You never know. There are strikers like that available coming uh, in this summer. But I think when you look at Harry Kane, Harry Kane could score more goals this year 
than Hoyland does in a good season. So Kane might have a bad year and still get you 28 goals and Hoyland might have a good year and get you 14. Now, that difference in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net is going to be the difference between top four, not top four, challenging Arsenal, challenging City, not challenging those two. That is where you stand. Think about it like this as well, Scott. When Arsenal went and got Gabriel Jesus... They got Gabriel Jesus, not because he was a guarantee of goals, but he was a guarantee to fix a part of the pitch that didn't work. And what happened? He got injured, didn't he? And Arsenal carried on with it. And they stayed in that stylistic manner. And they went forward. And yeah, not having Jesus did damage them for a while. But it, at the end of the season, Jesus was back. It wasn't the problem, was it? I think when you look at Man United, you've just fixed the goalkeeper side. I know we keep maybe talking like Adana's already at the football club, but that's kind of how we feel. And that's what the play is putting out there. But you fix that little bit at the back, which is really important. You mentioned Heaton in that game. And I, I clocked that. I thought, this is a little bit different. United are doing a little bit higher. Goalkeeper living on the edge of the box. Like De Gea can't do that. So De Gea's gone. Adana can. United are starting to think. Right, in, it's, in- to me, it's exactly like they've started pre-season playing the, the, <clears throat> playing the way. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Apologies. <clears throat> Playing the way that Eric Ten Hag wants to play this season. Absolutely. And Tom Heaton is a placeholder. That, that's exactly how it looked to me. It's I'm going to tell Tom Heaton in the first couple of weeks of preseason, everything that I'm... I've told Andre Onana when I managed him at Ajax, everything yeah. that Onana knows, because that's how he plays. I help form the type of player he is. Those instructions are bedded in the team. The defense know that they were really high against Leeds. They nearly got caught out a couple of times, hmm. but Tom Heaton coming to sweep on the halfway line, shouting at the players in front of him. You know, that is, it's just primed. Onana is just, it's going to be picked up and dropped in. And the instructions are already being kind of given to the defenders, to the players, and it's just a case of substituting one one for another. The big takeaway from the Leeds game was that they straight away out the gate were playing Ten Hag football. Now, 12 months ago, they couldn't do that. That was It was all new, wasn't it? And there was a lot of kind of like excitement and, oh, look, we're playing a higher press and counter press and all these things and players are trying their best. 
Well, what happens is that you get dips, don't you? you? You see it quite evidently. I think what we saw here was almost two different Man United teams, one with the youngsters and one with more established players. And they both played the same style of football. And it was absolutely, you You can see with Kovar as well, when he was there in the second half, you know, boy's got good feet. Like he could be your number two next year if you don't loan him out. I think he's a, there's a real opportunity there for that. Um, but you said, as you saw with Heaton, that he was just basically playing in honor roll, just living outside the box. He swept up two, three, four times. There was one time. He That's Tom Heaton, by the way. Tom Heaton. What did yeah. I say? Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. I know, but I'm just saying, I'm just reinforcing the fact there's Tom Heaton. He's right. late 30s. Exactly. Tom Heaton can do that. And I think the thing with David De Gea was the reluctance to do that wasn't just about what he couldn't do, but it's just, it, it adds fear to your game, doesn't it? It's like, I don't want to be there. You know, that, that I'm going to make a mess of it out there. So what do you do as a manager? You do rein him in. Whereas, you know, an Arna's coming in and Arna's going to live 10 yards outside his box, you know, every time he hasn't got the ball at his feet. So I think when you look at that and you go to the Harry Kane point here is that if you're going to play at a much higher line, I did a tweet about this, about Anana a few weeks ago. If you're living higher up the pitch, yeah, you're taking more risk. But you actually need then a Kane in the middle of that mix to be the one that drops in and out. And it was really interesting, Scott, seeing Jaden Sancho play a false nine. So I think, again, that was a placeholder. That's like, I want to play a bit more false nine next year. I'm going to do it with Bruno. But Harry Kane can do that. And and I think it's also Hoyland did that last year for Atalanta, played a false nine position. So I think we're seeing in real time what, what the manager wants. But I think he might get to the point where he's just going to pull the trigger and say, right, I need someone like Kane now. Like, we've got Anana. I don't want no more business. I want all my eggs in this one basket because Harry Kane is the one. And then Man United got to go do that deal. Then you've got to go knock on Daniel Levy's door and say, right, tell us the cash. What do you need? 100 million? Are you going to do that? That's what Arsenal did with West Ham. Yeah, with, with Declan Rice. We're still waiting on that deal confirmation, but it's been done for a long time. People said to us didn't they, a few weeks ago, Declan Rice, £100 million. No chance. Absolutely no chance. 80 tops, 70 tops. £105 million. This is the money people are going for. Harry Kane is worth £100 million or even more. And I think Man United look at him and would see him as a not just a football asset, Scott, but an incredible commercial asset. Totally. Uh, we will wait and see. I think this one's going to be the long game, to be honest. I think Kane's going to go on pre-season tour. And... I don't think, I know Tottenham have said, oh, look, we'll give you a 400k a week contract, the biggest mm. contract we've ever given out. You can stay beyond your playing career with us, this kind of thing. He ain't signing that in the transfer window. If he's going to sign it at all, he's not going to sign it in the transfer window. So I think he's just going to let this game play out. He's got all, he, Harry Kane is in the strongest position of his career in terms in like in terms of contractual uh, you know, been locked down to a six-year contract. You should pro- you probably say he shouldn't have signed that in the first place, but he did. Now coming to the end of that, he has all the power in the world. He can, he knows. And if he truly loves Tottenham, and he his ambition is to stay at Tottenham and just be a great Tottenham player, then fair play. But I think he's got more than that in the armor. If we hadn't already heard from his camp and from his people over a long period, like not just the last few weeks and months. We are absolutely 100% aware that this player is desperate to win trophies. He wants to win. And as you just said there, he is in an incredibly strong position because he can stay 12 months and do the Robin Van Persie thing at Arsenal and then go get his move wherever he wants to. And he's still going to earn 
you know, three, four, five hundred pounds, hundred thousand pounds a month. Like it's just football wages are going this way. It's not going that way, is it? You know, like it, he can read the trend. It's easy, um, and we can read it as well. And and I think that there's every chance that he stays there because that's what he's being advised, and that's key at the moment. But I do think that if that big offer comes in. Spurs want to wrestle the power back away from the player, Scott. There's no doubt about it. Levy doesn't like players spinning him a yarn. You'd rather just move them on and get rid and and start again, even with a player as good as Harry Kane. There is no point letting him go in 12 months and having a big cuddle and saying, well, well done. Spurs might do that in terms of their project, but they need the cash as much as any football club. And if there's 100 million on the table, I, they just cannot say no. They cannot. So Man United needs to create that situation. And we know that Man United are definitely considering that situation. They're looking at it and going, there's not a lot of value in the market. So do we just go a little bit more and bring in a player like that? They did it with Ronaldo, Scott. That half a million pound a week It was at a point where everyone went, Man United got no money. Man United are going to spend nothing. Well, all right, they got Ronaldo for pennies, really. But half a million pound a week was an incredible commitment for a player of that age. And yeah, I would say it probably didn't work out over the 18 months or whatever. You offer Harry Kane, something like 400 around that, something bonus driven as well. You can afford it. Man United can still afford that kind of wage, especially as you highlighted. If you start moving the threads off the books and players like that, and Man United are more than intending to do that. They're looking, they're looking to get these players off the books. And soon it adds up, doesn't it? That if you get rid of two or three squad players that you just don't need, don't help you win football matches, you can afford Harry Kane in on your wage bill without actually doing a lot more kind of inventive financing. Well, I'm sure you've seen this week in the Twitter sphere, Fabinho, 40 million offer from Saudi Arabia whether that happens remains to be seen it looks like I mean if you were Liverpool you would take that let's just say uh if they Jordan Henderson potentially go in that way as well on a massive massive wedge um from what we understand at 90 min there is interest from Saudi Arabia in Fred and United are looking at 20 million plus for Fred and sometimes you'd think nah no way but when Fabinho's going for 40 United can you know Saudi Arabia are making this big play. They still are. We've seen it with Chelsea. We're seeing it with Liverpool now. United know that there's interest. And even Alex Tellers, I've seen, been linked with Saudi Arabia in the last few hours. In football, there is this big connection in global business between the Middle East and South America. So there's always going to be those links there in terms of definitely with representation from players to be able to talk to basically PIF. PIF run the, the league. That's that's who are doing and conducting all these deals, you know, and that's the, the, the Saudi central funding, you know, who are, who are basically paying everything out there, paid for Ronaldo to go to Saudi Arabia. And I, I think you're right. I think the Fred situation, obviously it was Fulham who were kind of the key Premier League team that were after him and liked him and Fred has spoken to them and there's all that dialogue happening. But yes, if you suddenly get an offer from, from Saudi and it's big money... And Fred goes, well, are Fulham going to win anything next year? You know, like William is also considering a similar kind of deal as a free agent. I think you're going to see quite a lot of Brazilians going to to the Saudi league to, to fill the roster spots, as you might call them in America. You know what I mean? To actually fill those teams up of good quality international footballers who maybe are not the greatest ever, but, but give you some kind of value. Jordan Henderson is an interesting one for many, many reasons. Because the wage that is being reported that that he's being offered, of course, 
is eye-watering. And you'd have to say, is he worth it? Well, no, he isn't. But maybe he's worth it in terms of a sports-washing agenda. Then, yes, he might be worth it then, isn't it? And I think with Fred, it's the other side, isn't it? Fred is the guy who will go and help you win maybe the Saudi League or push you up to another level. And Man United need to tap into that now. Like, like you have to do it in the business sense is that you've got players that you need to move on. If you're going to go get Harry Kane now, don't wait 12 months. Get Harry Kane now, pay it, and get rid of a few assets that help you balance the books. And we know United are trying that. United are absolutely trying to juggle all these balls and come in at the end of the transfer window with the targets that they want. Well, simply put, I know the Premier League has skewed the market for years. PSG yeah. have skewed the market. Newcastle have started doing it. Manchester City did it. Chelsea did it. Saudi Arabia teams and PIF is the next wave of skewing the market. And you can see it in some of the figures that, that, that players are getting in their salaries. And like, like I mentioned earlier, no, no team in the world is paying 40 million quid for Fabinho outside Saudi Arabia. No. no, and it's and you know, United have a lot of squad players that they need to get rid of, and I think, you know, if they're having those opening conversations, I, I, from what I understand, I think United think that Fred is going to go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. But Fred is gone. Like no, not, he's not, gone. Yeah. That's why our show last week was Fred's going, and people were like, oh, Fred's going, and of course, then two or three days later, the reporting caught up with with what we were saying. So Fred's going. And Man United need to create markets as well, Scott. You're right. Like they need to look at this and kind of go, hang on, we do want to do Harry Kane. How do we make this work? in the next two or three weeks because we're going to be on tour. Harry Kane's going to have a camera shoved in his face non-stop, but we're not going to take these players. Like, I think Fred might end up on the tour and then might have a plane sent out for him and might be flown to Saudi Arabia just at a drop. It, ha- it happens. It happened to Juan Sebastian Veron. Mm. He did that. He went on tour and woke up one day and Fergie said to him, yeah, you're on a plane, mate, because Chelsea have just bought you. Bye. <laughs> And that happens in football all the time. So, yeah, I, th- I think now United need to kind of work those numbers. Donny van der Beek, I think, is another one. You know, you, you might be able to move these players as part of deals as well if you do want other players. But I don't know what you think, Scott. The net is actually quite slim, but kind of full. There's there's targets there. And United, again, are happy with those targets. So United are not throwing all their cards on the table. I think that's probably the right thing to do at the moment. Well, it's important. I, I know that everyone wants, in an ideal world, you want every single player that you sign in the transfer mm. window in before you start your preseason games. Yeah. But it doesn't... Like this, like I say, there's six weeks plus left of the transfer window yet. And a lot of clubs... It, it kind of works like dominoes in a sense, you know, like clubs will have, United will have their own targets and they'll kind of analyze like, okay, we want this player, but this club aren't, they're, aren't, they're not budging on that price. The yeah. closer and closer you get to transfer deadline day, it's like, oh damn, and we actually yeah. do need to sell this player. The, the charade is up. All right, we'll talk. And Tottenham are going to fall right into that as well. And if United can build that bank balance over the next few weeks, you know, with all those players that we mentioned and there's players in there that we mentioned as well that, you know, <laughs> well, there's players that we didn't mention that could be on the way out as well. Yeah. Um, and if you open that first conversation, I, I don't want to advocate for this, but if United want to be savvy players and they want to compete with the very best, you've got to start asking, acting like Chelsea when they're selling players. If, if you're opening a conversation up about selling Fred to a Saudi Arabia team, it's like, oh, what about this lad? Do, do you want, you know, can we talk about this? And it's open that conversation line and... You know, Chelsea got panned for it. Liverpool are getting panned for it. But 
It's savvy business. But that's how <laughs> it works. That that is exactly how the football world works. Do you know what I mean? You're right. You're totally right. And and that's how you move on assets that that are maybe not the most shiny, exciting assets in in the universe. Because you still got to buy and sell players like that. That's that's what happens in football all the time. Is that players that that one team doesn't like or you don't like, other teams go actually. You know, Fred is a Brazilian international, and he's actually good at these two or three things. And he's not—he's going to sit on a bench at Man United. Maybe we can do a deal there. Maybe we can bring that in. Like Fulham might go, we we might get him for twenty million. He's a decent player, especially if we lose William to another football club or something like that. Maybe there's a there's a mix and match here in terms of numbers. But yeah, if you've you've got Saudi Arabia basically trying to buy everyone to create this brand new Super League. You have to lean on that as a, as a, as a business and say, right, we, we're going to push that player in that direction. And yeah, do you want to be rich, Fred? Do you want to earn double your wage that you earn at Man United and have a nice life? Or you do? Right, let's go do this deal. And and every agent loves that, Scott, because they get a cut of it. So this is the reality, I think, of football. And we need to talk around those terms because I think I don't think it gets talked about enough, actually. You know, people talk about rumours and gossip. But in the middle there, there's a lot of stuff happening that doesn't even get reported. I think it's pertinent that you and me talk about this to our to our audience because it does happen. It happens all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, you see transfer windows pop up, transfer windows, transfer rumors pop up here and there. And it's yeah. like, wow, that's the most random thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> a lot of it is agent driven. Yes. But clubs like United have, what was it? How many right, how many right backs did they profile before Aaron Wambasaka? You know, if if they're going through profiling all these players, yeah, inevitably there is some kind of, however tenuous it is, there is something in it. And if somebody manages to get that kind of line and it comes out, that's why the football transfer sphere is so messed up and so wide mm. and so and why everybody's consumed by it. Because if you're a club worth your salt, I know you you tend to hone in on one player that you really like. And if you can get that player, then great. But they'll have five, six targets for every position. You know? Totally. Absolutely. So, go on, sorry, Scott. I, I mean, I, I was, you, you go, you go. <laughs> uh, what, what I was going to say, just to add in there, is that, like, obviously, we saw with the first preseason game. Now, of course, preseason and start of preseason is just about health and getting fitness in, in legs and whatnot. But I think you saw in Man United that Eric Ten Hag has got an option of really good young players to work with. You've got the likes of Sayan Ahmed, who can do you a job. Hannibal, I thought, was brilliant in that first half, like, really good energy, technicality showing that he can press, he can move, he's got loads going for him. But the manager might work with him, Scott, and go, no, don't want this, this is not the player. But it also might be the other way, like it was with Garnacho. And then your targets become more specified to positions. And we know that <laughs> Anthony Martial just cannot get fit. He's been off work for a while and still can't get fit. And he wasn't fit for that first game. I'm sure well, that's the on. one we didn't mention. <laughs> We didn't mention anti-martial because, like, what's the point? Like, he's still anti-martial doing anti-martial things. Um, There's going to be a lot of chat about Marcus Rashford's now and with his deal, Marcus Rashford's thing. So, like, again, we didn't mention it in the last show, but obviously there's these PSG links. I'll put my neck on the block and say Marcus Rashford will sign a new contract at Manchester United. I'll say that now. Um, So you've got that. And then when you look around the squad... It, it, it's like you've got to make these decisions about positions really in a quite a small time frame now between now and when we're in America and looking at the players. And Ten Hag will work with these players every day. And I'm sure Ten Hag might get to the end of that period and just go, I just need a striker to put the ball in the net. 
Yeah, I've got a lot of things happening here. Like these players might not work, like Zidane Bell last year. Like he kept him in the squad, but it didn't work, so we sold him. But you've got Ahmed. You might put him on loan. You might have Hannibal. You might put him on loan. But these are assets still, and you might use these assets at some point. And that's where you then get focused on a position. One was goalkeeper. That's done. I think the other is striker. We've known that for such a long time. And then what else has there, Scott? There's not actually a lot in the squad where you go, oh, they need a right back immediately. They need a left back. They need a centre back tomorrow. Oh, no, they need another central midfielder. There isn't really that urgency except for the number nine position. Yeah, indeed. Uh, there are definitely positions that United can strengthen in, but that urgent need isn't really there, like you're saying. But I think we'll wrap it there. We've been talking for 38 minutes, Rob. Uh, any Any final thoughts before we depart? No, I think it's watch your space, isn't it? Because no doubt with the transfer window, things can happen very, very quick after it appearing that nothing is happening. But as we keep saying, stuff is happening. We know it is behind the scenes. And we try and give you at least a little bit of insight into that from the bits that we know. And sorry that we can't give specifics. I know we always look a little bit bit kind of vague when we talk about things because people are like, well, what are you talking about? And it's like, well, we know what we know, but we can't reveal how we know a lot of the stuff. But... Man United are in for Harry Kane. We know he, they're in for him. It's just that they're trying to be careful about it. And, and I think the thing is now, it's about how do you sell Eric Ten Hag's project to a player like Harry Kane? Because ultimately, Scott, it will be Kane that gets this deal over the line. It, it won't even really be the cash. It'll be Harry Kane who knocks on his chairman's door and says, no, nah, I'm not signing for you, mate. I'm not doing it. So you do what you got to do. And the club I want to go to is Man United. And it's ironic that we've just had this with Mason Mount. Yeah, Mason Mount knew weeks and months ago, Todd Bowley didn't want him at the club. And he said, I only want to go to one club. I don't want to go to Liverpool. I want to go to Man United. And guess what? It happened. And, and I think Harry Kane, that's a kind of same trajectory. Just end on this, Scott. I know we mentioned it again on the show a few weeks ago. Dimitar Berbatov, it's the same situation. Berbatov was desperate to leave Spurs. Desperate, desperate, desperate. And Spurs went, no, 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 no. Okay. And then United had to get it all together really quickly. And of course, Man City, it was the day they got bought out by uh, Abu Dhabi. And they put a big bid in. And Dimitar Berbatov went, I'm not going to this little team called Manchester City. I'm going to Man United, the best team in the country. And Spurs went, Press the button, do the deal. It happened all very, very quickly. And that was on the final, I think it was final day of the transfer window, wasn't it? Or right at the end. I can see this one running. You know, Harry Kane's going to have to negotiate. United are going to have to negotiate. And United are right to take a kind of slow and steady approach because if Spurs really mess this up and kind of, or maybe even Harry Kane messes it up, says, I'm going to sign a new deal. Man United can withdraw very quickly without every newspaper going completely crazy at them and all the fan base. So um, a wait and see is coming, but United need to execute one of these deals. We will depart. I'm going to go and watch Harry Kane feature on Hot Ones. I don't know if you've seen it, Rob. Uh, oh, I saw, I saw, I didn't see it, but I, I did hear about it. Yeah, so I might go. I've, I've seen well. a bit of it, but uh, him is Harry Kane trying uh, chicken wings with hot sauce on them. And, well, chili is and red. Chatting. Chile yeah, is red. There you go. Yeah. Man United are red. It's a sign. You know what's coming. There you go. Subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube. We run twice a week. 
head over to the channel, like, subscribe, and leave a comment as well. And follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU for the show. And come and join us in Vegas from July 28th at United Con. Rob and from me, Scott, that is the Promised Land and Man United podcast. See you very soon, everyone, for another show. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.